0: What is up, everybody? We are here week nine, pack slate of Hold Down the Fort today. We got some NBA, NFL, soccer, possible UFC. Got another, you know, we are second time's the charmingness with the UFC segment today. And your best bets going into Super Bowl weekend. Just had the deadline, Super Bowl on Sunday. This is a loaded week for sports. And we are just going to jump right into it. As always, Sam, Rohan, Vinay, Michael, everyone here today we are ready to go. So let's just get straight into this. And um, NBA, you know, this is our what second time talking NBA on the big pod. You know, obviously with Super Bowl coming up and College Bowl over, NBA is going to have to become a much bigger part of the pod. So let's get started here. Post-trade deadline stuff. Everyone knows the blockbuster. 1 a.m. had me waking up when I saw Woj on my phone. KD to the Suns. Nobody saw this coming right now, at least. Maybe over the summer we did, but Nothing, no one could have expected this when it happened.
1: I actually do have to say, I don't know who showed me, but it was in someone's TikTok comments like a few days before the trade happened. It was like some random comments at the top they were like "K.D. to the suns K.D. to the suns and i just like quickly shot it down i didn't think anything of it and it was, like, well, it was supposed to happen
0: over summer when he wanted that trade the first time and then there nothing ever came of it because well, he yeah. ended up
1: taking it back did you also see like a week before the trade actually happened like someone put an obscene amount of money on like the suns to win um like the, the championship they must have that's definitely a, known that's some, some insider like, trading out right there yeah i know i know exactly but But uh,
0: KD to the Suns, Kevin Durant and TJ Warren go to Phoenix. In return, Brooklyn got uh, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, which they then flipped to Milwaukee, actually. But he was initially in the trade as well as 2023, 25, 27, and 29 first-round picks. And uh, I believe a pick swap was in there, too. So, you know, certainly an interesting haul for Kevin Durant. You did good on the pick side. The player side is up for debate. But, uh, yeah, so KD's gone. Kyrie's gone but now if you look at Phoenix you have Chris Paul at point guard Devin Booker at the two Uh, I assume KD at the three don't really know what they're gonna do with that four spot maybe TJ Warren has to start right away honestly and then uh, DeAndre at the five so that's as stacked as a starting five as you're gonna see in the league the question is is this title or bust now for Phoenix after this major blockbuster trade Michael what do you think title or bust
1: do I, are you asking, do I think they're going to win a title or it, it like it, like, do you have it, to it, win the title
0: for this to be a successful season now that you've, now that you've traded for Kevin Durant?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is that, are you asking like, is, is that my take that like, it's either it's a title I, or I'm just situation?
0: Saying that's just the quote. like now that you have this roster, if they don't win the title, is that a disappointment?
1: Um, they'd probably be my favorite in the West. I mean, they made the finals last year. You add a guy like KD. Or right, year um, before, year before. Oh, sorry, year before, yeah. I mean, you keep DeAndre Ayton, you have KD now, Devin Booker, CP3. Um, like, their, their starting roster is loaded. Um, I do have some questions about, like, the depth behind those guys that um, they gave away. Um, you know, maybe defensively they, like, get a little bit worse. Um, but I think overall, like, yeah, like, this is it's probably – it's like now or never, I think, if you're the Phoenix Suns. Um, you don't really know who you're going to be able to retain um, in the coming years as well. Um, you have the roster now you have the talent now you have the record now um so i think that you know if i think it is kind of a title or bus situation i do think that they are the odds on favorite and should be and deserve to be um to win the title now um we have to like remember like i'm not the biggest kd fan but when you add like a generational talent like that to your roster um it it, it does change the outlook of, of of your season um for far for the better um compared to when you didn't have them before so Um, I still think KD is probably one of, if not the best, scorer in basketball. Um, I don't know. They have a loaded roster, and I do think that if they don't win a championship this year, um, it would kind of be a disappointment for for Suns fans.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. And you you bring up some good points about the bench. If we take a look at that now, you're, you're working with what, Campaign, Damian Lee, I mean, what else do you really have going for you as far as the bench goes? And I know rotations shrink in the playoffs, but are, you might legitimately only have five guys to play, maybe six with campaign if you're the Suns now. So this could cause some problems. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly the highest on Chris Paul at his old age. I, I don't know what he can bring anymore. We we saw that last year in the playoffs, how he kind of faded out against the Pelicans and then definitely faded out against the Mavericks. Uh, DeAndre Ayton and the coach seem like they're fighting every other game and it's going to be a lot of issues, but when you just look at that roster on paper, that starting five, I mean, I agree. It, it does feel like it's a disappointment if you don't win. You should be the favorites in a, in a wide-open West. It's really just you and Denver right now. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Those are all good points. Vinay, how about you? What are your thoughts after seeing this trade? Is it title or bust?
2: Yeah, my thoughts, my initial thoughts after hearing this trade were immediate excitement and joy because I cannot wait to watch the Suns crumble in a seven-game series this year like I agree I'm right there it you. be so fun so entertaining honestly makes the playoffs that much more fun this year because I can't wait to see a team like the Lakers the Nuggets the Warriors just absolutely thrash this this Suns team just because they do not have any depth you know they have a bunch of people that who knows not great defense either yeah they lost the, the defensive player of the year like caliber player in Mikhail Bridges. That's a huge loss. You lose Jay Crowder, TJ Warren, like randomly in this deal, kind of, kind is of it's for like up.
0: salary purposes at that point. Yeah. Though. Yeah.
2: Like I don't think he's going to add much there. He can't really fill the void. Uh, yeah. Katie's going to be a great score, but gelling in the middle of the season to make like a, all like a spontaneous title run is just not something we've seen succeed that often in the NBA. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I look forward to watching them crumble this year. Um, next year, watch out for them—definite title favorites. But I'm not—I'm not ready to, to anoint them just yet. Yeah, I agree. Rohan, you got any uh, closing thoughts here on this KD trade?
3: I mean, yeah, mostly agree with everyone. Um, I, you know, it definitely seems like Phoenix is just putting all of their chips into the season and next and the next one to to win the championship. But uh, what do you have a stacked uh, Western Conference with you know the Golden State Warriors and Nuggets. Um, the Grizzlies who are currently on a two for eight last 10 game streak uh, kind of faltering. And you have the Mavericks who just uh, acquired Kyrie, which we called by the way on the podcast. Yes, we did. We did call that. Um, you know, it seems, you know, this is going to be a very, very difficult rest of the season for the Suns who are currently sitting in six in the Western conference. And I just don't see any team in the West right now beating either the Celtics or the Bucks in the final. So it kind of seems like a little bit of a lost cause at this point for 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 the sons my only hope is kind of either the nuggets or the mavericks that win the west and we'll we'll give at least the, the celtics or the bucks a little bit of the a run for their money just my early preliminary prediction for the
0: mm-hmm. for the final yeah that's that's all good points i mean you're right we did we did call Kyrie on the pod and and yeah, like we all kind of just unanimously agree almost when when you take a team's depth and their defense away and there's 27 games left in the season for most teams, maybe 28, 29 for some others, 26, but it's around 27 games left. Is that really enough time to add a piece like Kevin Durant who's still injured and he's still going to miss a little more time to a guy like Devin Booker who's been injured this year and missed time, who just came back, Chris Paul, we all know the injury history there. So, yeah, that presents a lot of interesting points on how this is going to go down this down during the stretch. Um,
4: we also see other
0: teams stack up at the trade deadline. The Clippers got a bunch of good role players. Uh, who else? Nuggets got some interesting pieces, but they were already super good before. Warriors get a lot of their defense back. Lakers, of course, making sure. So it's going to be an interesting Western Conference. Obviously, Phoenix should be the favorite, but I think there's a lot of questions that we need to see answered before we uh, anoint them the, the new kings of the West. Uh, but yeah. that
1: being said, oh yeah. Well, actually, yeah. But before we get to that, yeah, I, I know you uh, have to take Sam that this was a fleecing, right? You said that the I did, yeah, I, I
0: did think that it was a, a not quite the package you should have got for. Do you
1: are, are you still standing by that? I don't...
0: Um, I sleep. I slept on it a bit, and um, I don't know. I don't know if I would go so far as far as to say it was a fleece, but I feel like you did good on the pick side. You know, four first round picks and a swap. I can't be mad about that. But you gotta think. I mean, I get it. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, those are two very solid players. I feel like this deal had to have Aiton or Paul, one of those stars in it. You can't let him get away with getting four of those guys on the same team. Mikael Bridges is great. You know, I don't. I actually really like him as a player. Cam Johnson's like an above-average role player. He was a good shooter. He's still hitting it at a pretty impressive clip. But that's not, you know, a piece that's gonna blossom. You needed to do more on the, the player perspective of this trade. I really would have liked to see DeAndre Ayton included in the deal if I was Brooklyn. Uh, and now it feels like there's two trades in a row with two superstars, three if you want to include Harden, that uh, Joe Tsai has kind of just butchered a bit, and he hasn't really gotten what you would expect when you have three superstars on the team. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's uh, that's probably a topic for another day as far as so Joe I'm the, If I'm the next, uh,
3: then I'm just putting all of my chips like for the future, like, mm. selling away, oh, like moving all of my big stars away to acquire picks for... For later drafts, like – well, You
0: got the picks. I just – I don't know. I think you could have done yeah. more when you have three players like Kyrie, Harden, and KD, and the best player you get back combined in those three deals is Mikel Bridges or Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I,
1: I agree. It's an utter embarrassment uh, what the Brooklyn Nets did with that roster. I know, like, me personally, when I saw Harden, Kyrie, and KD, like, on that – on the same team, I was like, I, mean, I remember where it was when I got the notification
0: yeah. that Harden was traded.
1: Yeah, this is the, the potential. I was thinking about this is the potential to be the best big three in history, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and and they have nothing to show for it. Uh, a complete utter embarrassment that organization is. Um, and you know, I get like, you know, they they kind of realized it wasn't going to work out, and I, I think they're smart to, you know, like Rowan said, kind of um, hedge their bets in, in their future stock. But man, like, I, I I do agree though on the player side of that trade. Uh, You probably would like to see Aiden. But I do think that four first-rounders and some younger guys is is not necessarily the worst thing that that you could have had. I mean, we also got to remember that
0: it's Kevin Durant. Like, we have to look at the magnitude of players getting traded compared to a Rudy Gobert who fetched four role players and five other picks. I mean,
1: You also got to ask how many years has KD got left in him. Like, I don't know. His contract's got four, so... I mean, yeah, but I don't know if he goes much further than that. But I mean, if, I you know- look, if
3: you look at it on net, you know, Jeremy Lin and Carmelo Anthony have the same number of rings as Katie Kyrie and Harden in New York. So yeah. let's just That's- let's just leave it at that.
2: Uh, uh, fun, I talk. guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Speaking speaking of Kyrie, the the Mavericks trades. Uh, quick thoughts on that, guys. What do you guys? I know Rohan and Sam called it. So you guys want to speak? We did. To- because, Honestly,
3: uh, I I completely that was a shot in the dark. Um, you know, the Mavericks are looking like a very strong contender in the West, and you know, to add a piece like Kyrie to to the Mavericks, I think Mark Cuban is doing some fantastic, you know, dealings. Uh,
2: no, I, I think he overpaid so much. This was such really? a desperate. Really, move. you think that was an overpay? Well, I don't know. I just think it was a desperate move, and the Mavericks. This doesn't solve their problems per se. I think that they it, it solves some of them. It just doesn't
0: solve everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, from when they had Jalen Brunson to now, I I don't think their roster has considerably improved. I know Christian Wood is a big piece. We'll see how he fares in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of skeptical. And Kyrie has given us the reason to be skeptical because he's gone to mm-hmm. these powerhouse teams: the Celtics, the Nets, and now the <laughs> Magic. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of like if I were a general manager, I would not touch Kyrie. So. And I know that he's a he's a superstar, but I wouldn't like commit to him. And I think I I hesitate to think that he's going to stay there long term and past the season, like past these next few months. Who knows if he's even going to stay a Maverick. So it's an interesting deal for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I thought you, you say it was a, a bad deal. I was definitely desperate, but we all knew they were desperate because you don't want to just have a guy like Luka and waste him away playing with role players. We've seen that one star and a bunch of role players is not the motto that wins. Uh, the Warriors quickly dealt with them in five games last year, and that was with Jalen Brunson on the squad. So you do need – you. Luka needs a number two, and you didn't give up much in my opinion. I would have liked to see you keep Dorian Smith and maybe throw someone else in there, but I get it. You know, contracts sometimes you just got to match them, and it is what it is. Go get um, by the way. He What, he played for UF. Yes, he did. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Dinwiddie and Kyrie is, like, somewhat of a, you know, it's a trade tradeoff one-scoring point guard for another point guard who does it at a, you know, higher level. So, I get that. Uh, 29 first-round pick. You know, if you got Luka, you can't really be worried about 2029 right now. So, I get that. And then second-round picks are second-round picks. Uh, I would have liked to see you keep Dorian Smith, uh, but otherwise I felt like that was a fine deal for the Mavericks. You're not doing this to commit to Kyrie long-term, and you didn't really hedge much of anything on him. You're doing this to see how this works for the rest of the year. And if it does go good, you offer him that little two-year extension, maybe. Maybe three if he really wants to be there. But, uh, yeah, this this wasn't something where you're mortgaging your future on Kyrie. You're simply giving up role players that were on somewhat expensive contracts and one first-round pick to go for it. But this kind of harps back to my point about Josiah. This was not the best trade package that was available for Kyrie, but he let his personal ego and his personal wants get in the way of where he ultimately chose to send Kyrie. And uh, it it costs him. You get two role players back who you have no use for on a rebuilding team, and you get one first round pick that you won't be able to use for another six years. So, uh, that's that's just my thoughts again on Josiah. But uh, I'll let you guys take over the rest of this. What what, are you, what were your thoughts about the Kyrie
1: deal? Oh, for me, I don't. Well, I, instead of like, uh, you know, discussing like the logistics of, of the trade, I think um, I kind of wanted like to touch on like the the dynamic. Um, like, between Luca and Kyrie. I think this is one of the more interesting, you know, team, teammate, like, relationships we're going to see um, in the NBA. I think it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. I know um, we were talking about, you know, who's going to end up playing the one. I think Kyrie, like you said, is going to end up, you know, playing the two more so, just like he did um, with Harden at Brooklyn. Um, but I really, I'm so interested to see if, you know, Luca and Kyrie can really mesh together. Um, I know a lot of people think them, of them as kind of like yin and yang, like op, like uh, complete opposite characters. Um, but yeah, I think they're both two of the most skilled and talented players in the NBA. Um, and, and I want to see if, you know, their production can kind of like amp- be amplified by each other or if it'll be hindered by each other. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of how it plays out. I think I think there's a high potential that it works um, and, and, you know, how quickly it works and, and to what extent. Um I'm not so sure. I also do want to say I think that, you know, John Morant saying that he was chilling in the west might have something to do with with Katie and Kyrie going to the west. So uh, very um, well could be true. Yeah, they, maybe they they heard that news report about him uh flaring the the uh the stick at the window. Grizzlies so. would be
0: chilling in the west even without Katie and Kyrie being there.
1: I don't yeah, think they exactly.
0: would have done, gone very far. But yeah, that's yeah. a good point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um with that being said, I think we should move on to something Yeah. Um We, I think, Rohan, uh, Vinay, and myself got to watch in in the the library here at UF. uh, Unfortunately, on one of the quieter floors, we couldn't go that berserk. But uh, (laughs) we ended up witnessing uh, history right before our eyes. LeBron James, my GOAT, should be your GOAT, too, um, broke the NBA all-time leading scoring record, um, over 38,000 points over his uh, 20-year-long career. Um, First of all, like, I was talking about this, with Harris, I think, last year. And we were like, you know, he's going to break the record next year, next season. We should try to predict what game it's going to be at and go to that game. Didn't end up happening. I <laughs> think Dan or whatever. And, like, also a lot of money. Probably wouldn't have predicted it correctly. But, like, this is this was <laughs> honestly such a, such a monumental moment, I think. Um, because, honestly, like, I don't know. Like, a- after Kareem set the record, people were saying, you know, this is, like, this record will never be touched again. That's what pe- people, like, you, almost unanimously thought that. And for, for us to have a guy who, like, is just so dedicated to his craft and, like, has gotten there now and he still has a few, probably a few more years in the league is just unbelievable. Like, I, I cannot – he's going to hit 40,000, I think, before he retires. Um, and that's just a mark that, you know, to, to, to say that you're the highest scoring player in the history of one of the most competitive sports in the world, like, that is – just such an accomplishment um and the question i have for y'all is you know does this kind of solidify him as a goat um for me the short answer is he was already my goat i think that this should definitely um quiet some of the qualms other people have about him being the goat over mj but what do y'all kind of think
2: um i would say that he definitely like he helped his legacy a lot by breaking this record i think it silenced a lot of the doubt in terms of you know, can he can he really become, you know, that like that icon beyond like all these great players, you know? So I feel like the way that he's gonna pass the way he passed that record with the fadeaway shot, you know, that watching that happen was like dang, like this is this is my like version of when MJ hit that shot over Elo, you know, that that like clutch jumper just sunk like sunk it in iconic jumper you don't really see those that much in the modern nba nba and like the way he broke that was such like throwback in my opinion like it reminded me when i watched the last dance and mj kind of walking up uh elo up the court and then just just draining a midi on him and i feel like what lebron did today is definitely going to be like a documentary moment he walks up that guy hits a fadeaway on him like like I I just felt like I was watching like something that I'll, I'll watch again in like forty fifty years when you see a biopic on why LeBron had the greatest career of all time and so definitely a special special uh event that happened.
1: Yeah, and it you know it just seems so casual for him too. Like you know there were questions of whether you know he's gonna try to slam it home, maybe take like a deep three, the the, the fuck you three or whatever it's called. But like you know no, like, it, was just, it, it was just it was just. It was just so casual, you know, you, you just post it up, turns around, boom, right. it's like, we've seen him do it over and over and over again. And, you know, this one just meant a little, so much more. Um, you know, I'm also putting this out there. I think I'm ready to say this, but I'm willing to debate anyone on the go debate between LeBron and whoever, um, if you want to challenge me, uh, you're invited to come on the show. Um, uh, you know, we take no, no prisoners. So, um, I'm, I'm willing to, to get in that debate. Um, and and yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that I I could win that argument. So if y'all want to see someone, or if you're watching this and you think you know MJ's the goat or whatever, and you're an old head like that, um, please, I welcome you to join. Um, we gotta get we gotta get
3: Harris on here because Harris is uh, the biggest adversary to the LeBron goat status debate.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know Harris is trying to say you know we won't be able to hold down the fort. Um, I think well, we could definitely hold it down. Um, yeah. for sure. There's, I don't know, I I just don't think there's. Too much of a convincing argument anymore just in my opinion but yeah what do y'all think uh, Sam and Rowan yeah
0: uh I I agree with you he was kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head here he was already my goat before I thought it was you know fairly close I I can always understand the argument for Jordan especially without a scoring title under LeBron's name I mean you know six finals no losses all that stuff but um no he's my goat I think this definitely was like a cherry on top. You know, you got the 3-1, you got your 10 finals, nine straight or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, you're right. This solidifies him as the GOAT for me. Uh, Also willing to debate anyone on it. I think it's always one of the most fun debates, and I'm sure we'll have some some good content on that coming eventually. But uh, I'm right there with you. It was great to see. I was in my room watching it. I had it on the TV. I was on the phone with some friends because we were all tuned in. It it was a great moment. It definitely solidified him as the GOAT in my opinion. Uh, Rohan, why don't you take us home right here?
3: Yeah, I mean, more so about, like, the moment itself, because I can't really provide much insight to the actual debate itself. But, like, this is one of those moments in sports where not that many people actually get to, like, experience it. Like, it's one of those records, like, Pelé winning three World Cups and, like, um, Usain Bolt, like, being the fastest man alive, like, setting a new world record. Like, this is one of those moments in sports that will be remembered in history. And to be a part of that, it just was something, like, very special. Like, Michael mentioned, like, this is something that we will, like, remember, like, 20 years from now, like, oh, we used to watch LeBron break the scoring record <coughs> on the third floor, the Martian Science Library at UF. Like, it was, it was a great moment to have. And obviously, you know, LeBron is an exceptional player. And I'm sure you can make a fantastic argument for him being the GOAT after breaking the scoring record. But, yeah, those are just my thoughts. All
1: right, Sam, you uh, got, like, a, a game for us to play here?
0: Yeah, uh, right before we get to that game, I just want to ask you guys all a quick question, you know we we all realize that the KD trade happened whatever that's obviously the biggest move in Kyrie but there's a ton of little mini under the radar trades that go on and you know good quality role players going to other teams that are contending and i just want i'm just curious if any of you guys had an uh, a specific little under the radar trade you know that maybe not all of us are are as keen on that you would want to point out that could have some implications down the road post deadline
2: yeah yeah i think first off this is a great question and i think that – uh, a move that has to be spotlighted more actually involves my Orlando Magic. The Mo Bamba for Patrick Beverly trade has to be one of the crazier trades that kind of happened under, under the. Is getting bought out, by the way, just for reference for the people. Right, watching. right. But I just I just found it funny that the Lakers moved on from Pat Beverly, you know, after all the antics yeah. he saw. <laughs> here. And it's just interesting to see him hit the market because a guy like that is such a wild card you add him to any team they obviously get a t- like a lot more menacing uh, they got get yep. a lot more like views from all the like bs that he tries to pull which is kind of hilarious like I used to i'm sure he'll find really- a home pretty quick on the buyout yeah. market i just think that like look out for where pat beverly goes mo bomba on the lakers does not make any real sense like well you I- need a backup center because you traded thomas Bryant away Right, but Thomas Bryant was way better than than Mo in my opinion. I don't think they should have. It, it was from.
0: it was locker room issues though. That's why they got rid of
2: Bryant. It wasn't anything else. Yeah, far yeah, as but, but but I, I mean, in terms of their basketball play, I don't think it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's kind of just like a rotational move, but I thought I, I thought I mean, too. I just thought it was funny that the Lakers offloaded Pat Beverly and brought on Mo Bamba. It seemed very random, and especially after he posted the uh, the Instagram thing after the D'Angelo
0: Russell trade, saying that the gang yeah, yeah. is back together, and then 10 hours it, it's later, so, it's, it's almost that. like they were trolling
2: Pat <laughs> Beverly. <It's> hilarious. <laughs> like, stuff like this you only really see in the NBA, where like guys just like You're get right. traded mid game or like mid tweet. So it was, it was cool. How
0: about uh, how about Rohan Michael? Any of you guys have any under the radar NBA trades? That- could have an
3: impact on the stretch? No key, I like the D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers trade. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I, I'm actually, kind of feeling, yeah.
3: you know, some good vibes around this man. You know, let's see what LeBron can can teach him. You know, he's mm-hmm. already you know, up, up there as one of the better players in the league. And yeah, LeBron, I agree. With LeBron, you know, uh, by his side. And also Westbrook being offloaded from the Lakers. This man, you know, has all the potential to, to you know, exceed expectations in, in Los Angeles, so. I definitely be on the lookout for for Mr. Russell here.
1: Yeah, for me, it's a bit of a smaller one. I think you know Harris might like this, but Josh Hart to the Knicks. Okay. Um, um I th- think I think they add a, a nice rebounding guard. Uh, I watched Josh Hart um, in college a tiny <laughs> bit. I think it was Villanova. Um, I don't know. He was he was fun to watch, but you know, it's not a guy who's gonna you know average like twenty and ten. But but I think it it, it adds some 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 solid depth. Um, to that roster, for
0: sure. Cam registered the Trailblazers, too. It's a nice, interesting, younger piece to put in uh, alongside other wings that they have, like Shaden and Sharp and, and those guys with Dame. For sure, for sure. All right,
1: uh, you think it's time to, to pull the trigger on the game now?
0: Yeah, so let's get into this. And I know we originally said that this was going to be a pyramid, but some last-minute ch- changes were made when I realized that I don't have the necessary editing to do a pyramid just yet. So pyramid will be coming soon. For now, we have a contenders and pretenders game where you guys name me an the NBA team. I will tell you if they're a contender or a pretender. And if we disagree, we disagree, and we'll have some interesting discourse about that. But with that being said, pretty simple game. Let's get right into this. Vinay, give me an NBA team. Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, easy contender. You got a big three of Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, all playing at fairly high levels now that Middleton is back. Uh, you're improving the depth with Jay Crowder. Got rid of some of your guys, like your older guys, like George Hill, Sergi Ibaka. They're ready to go. Giannis is the best player in the league. These guys mean business, and they are the, they should be the favorite in the East still. Uh, Milwaukee's a contender for sure. Who else right, got, got a team?
1: I got one for you, and it's a team I'm sure you're pretty familiar with, uh, the Miami Heat.
0: Oh, this one is hard. Unfortunately, we have to go pretenders. This team is not competing for Jack this year. Pat Riley is snoozing at the helm. I don't know what we were doing this trade deadline. We have not acquired a player in a year and a half since we've gotten Victor Oladipo. Uh, Pat is just snoozing. We don't have the roster to compete right now. I really wanted Lowry and Duncan to be traded. I don't think they have any place on this team still. Uh, And now all we're hearing about is buyout candidates like John Wall and Russell Westbrook possibly coming. That doesn't really solve our issues. Uh, this team is just not quite there yet to, uh, to compete with the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers this year. Uh, so I'm going to say Pretenders there, unfortunately.
3: All right, my team. The Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Um, That's interesting, because I think they're just outside that top group in the East. I feel like, honestly, right now, they're probably the fourth best team in the East. The, the standings might reflect that. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked post or, you know, latest updated rankings, but I feel like as the fourth best team in the East, Garland, Mitchell playing great, Mobley and Allen, I just, you're not yet. You're just not contenders just yet. I'm going to say pretenders. You need a little more depth, and I just got to see a little more development from from guys like Mobley uh, before I say they can really compete with the Bostons and the, the Milwaukee's of the world to get out of the East. That's an interesting team, though. They could prove me wrong. Uh, any others before we finish up? This has been quick, but I do want to get to one or two more.
3: Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you one last, uh, one last one for me. The Sacramento Kings.
0: Oh, that is that is a fun team. I had bet my money on them two days ago. I had the money line to finish off a parlay, and De'Aaron Fox. Thank you for hitting all three of your free throws at the buzzer to secure me the win and my my payday. Uh, but not quite yet. the The West is wide open, but still pretenders. You know, Fox and Sabonis, two very interesting pieces. I really like Davion Mitchell. Uh, so you got a lot of good role players and whatnot there. Uh, but you are a couple pieces away still. So for now, I'm going to say contend or pretenders. But great leap so far this year. They've they've really made uh, a lot of progress, and I I do believe they'll be in the playoffs when it's said and done. All right. Any last teams before we move on?
2: The L.A. Clippers.
0: <sighs> Clippers. Um, I'm going to say contenders, which is weird because they haven't even been to the Western Conference Finals yet. I don't believe with uh with Kawhi and Paul George and all them, but they made some good moves at the trade deadline. I like getting Eric Gordon in for some shooting. Uh, you've got Norm Powell playing great, Kawhi, Paul George are obviously still there. Uh, Bones Highland, a really under-the-radar move to get him, but I love that. Uh, the West is wide open. You're probably the third-best team, probably one of the better ones on paper. So, yeah, you should stand a chance to compete in the West. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say contenders on those Clippers, even though I don't necessarily trust them.
1: And I'll give you one last one here. All Uh, right. The other team from L.A., the Lakers.
0: Oh, they're pretenders. They ain't doing nothing. I love them, but you got all these good role players, but you're still at the 13th seed, and you're still a good couple games back with 27 to go. Just showing an inability to put wins together, especially when you need them. Uh, It feels like there's been a distraction with LeBron's scoring record. Hopefully, now that that's out of the way and you've got a bunch of new pieces in, we can try and move past that and and start winning
1: games, but – yeah, really quick, like really, really quick. Do you um, mm-hmm. you have any thoughts on like AD like sitting during him breaking the record? Do you still
0: He kind of cleared it up. I mean, it's not the best PR look, but I mean, I get it. You're losing a game to the Thunder when the one that you do need to win. They're ahead of you in the standings, and not by much. So you do need to win that game, and it just feels like you guys don't even care about the the win. I do get it, but you gotta show support in that moment, even if uh, you don't truly. Uh, feel it in at that time because you're just pissed off that they're losing. Uh, so, yeah, I got a bad PR look, but he cleared it up, and I, I don't look too deep into that. But, yeah, I like the pieces that they added. Good shooting, better defense with guys like Vanderbilt. So I'm interested to see how they finish it out, but I'm going to say pretenders because you are still the 13th seed, and you still got to work to get to the 10 to even have a chance at making the playoffs. So uh, pretenders for the Lakers, but I'm hoping they prove me wrong because I do root for them. Um, but that's it. Yeah, if you want to take it away, Michael, for the CFB, but that was a great NBA segment. Uh, we'll definitely have a lot more of that coming towards you guys as we move towards the playoffs.
1: Yes, of course. Um, before we get to the big game, um, I did want to uh, – for college football, I did want to touch on something a, a bit more um, somber. Uh, unfortunately, Caleb Boateng passed away um, yesterday. Uh, the reasons are unknown. Obviously, you know, there, there's rumors and stuff like that, but um, he was a walk-on at UF. Um, just – really sad news, um, out of Gainesville. Um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, hug your loved ones, tell them you love them. Um, you never know, you know, uh, what could happen. So thoughts and our, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. Um, and yeah, uh, really sad to see, but it is, um, Um, I think with that we can kind of shift over to, um, the biggest football game um, of the year, every year, the Super um, Chiefs-Eagles, let's preview it. Let's get some predictions going. Um, let's start with you, Sam. Um, what do you think about this matchup?
0: Yeah, this is this is probably going to be one of the better Super Bowls. I know last year's was pretty good, even if ever, not everyone's a big Rams fan. But Jalen Hurts and, and Patrick Mahomes, obviously, that's pretty big as far as QB attractions go, the two loaded rosters that are just dead even all year. So this should be a fun watch in theory. Um, I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs personally, but uh, I guess we're all going to do some score predictions. I just don't feel like the Chiefs can pull it off. You know, too many injuries personally, especially to Patrick Mahomes. Everyone is practicing, thankfully. So other than McCole Hardman, you should have basically a full crew. Um, How how well they'll be playing, I don't know. We'll see what Jalen Hurts' health is like. But ultimately, I think the Eagles, that defense is just next level. Uh, The pass rush is unreal, even though the Chiefs' line is good but I just don't feel like this one is really gonna go the chiefs way I'm gonna say thirty one 21 eagles
3: yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm a, I, sorry I have a very similar prediction um I think um the chiefs will score first but uh, I don't think uh, they'll they'll be able to sustain um you know the onslaught that the Eagles you know will eventually rain down on them like you know like Sam said with the with the defensive backs and just the overall defensive scheme that the Eagles have. I just don't think Andy Reid's revenge story is going to happen this year, unfortunately, maybe over the next few years. But uh, yeah, I see, I I think it'll be like a little closer. I I think it'll be within seven points, but I do think the Eagles will win.
2: Yeah, I will say um, I'm actually going to go against uh, you guys and say the Chiefs are my pick to win this, this game. Steve Spagnolo spags the defensive coordinator for the chiefs he's an all-time great playoff performer uh, at his role that chiefs defense always elevates in the playoffs you always see them come out with relatively like elite game plans to to slow down strong offenses they make life difficult for you chris jones is on a tear i think he's playing like the best defensive tackle in the league right now chris jones is on an absolute smoke right now um you have You know, you have the secondary, the pieces that we've seen them step up. They stepped up against the Bengals in that receiving core. Um, I just think that people are writing off that Chiefs defense and the pedigree of Steve Spagnuolo. I think that he's going to design a great game plan. He's not going to make it as easy as we've seen it in the last few weeks for the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles have looked like they're barely, like, trying, and they're just running through these these great teams in the NFC. Definitely not going to be that. I think the Chiefs frustrate the Eagles all day, make Jalen Hurts, make one or two key mistakes, and Mahomes takes them to the promised land. I say, I say the Eagles lose to the Chiefs, I'm going to say 24 to 38.
1: Wow. So I, I'm also going to go with Vinay and take the Chiefs um, to win in what is also probably one of the most interesting sewer roles I've you know had the, the memory of of, you know, looking at, um, I think this is a super interesting matchup. You know, the AFC, super offense heavy, super, you know, high pass attack, um, you know, and then kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, you know, the NFC is a lot more run heavy, big focus on on defense. So um, I, but I do think the Chiefs get it done. And there two main reasons. I think one, you have to look at their most recent matchups. I don't think people are talking about that at all, really You look at who the Eagles played. They played a Niners team with a fourth string in there, um, and it was never really a a competition, right? And and sure, they took care of business, but this Chiefs team, this Chiefs defense is going to be, and the Chiefs offense is going to be a whole different type of situation um, for the Eagles. I don't think things are going to come as easily, especially when you're facing someone like Patrick Mahomes, um, which leads me to my second point. Mahomes has been in this situation before. Hurts has never been on this big of a stage before. And when we have seen him on this big of a stage before, what happened at Bama? He got subbed out at halftime, right? I mean, I think, you know, I'm not sure Hurts is made for this moment. Um, And even if he is, he doesn't have the experience that Mahomes does um, in these big types of games. Um, And, you know, I I think in this type, in this game, I think it still stays close. I think the Eagles are still able to do some stuff offensively. I don't think that, you know, the Chiefs are able to drop 38 on the Eagles, but I do think they still win the game. Um, And, you know, I didn't even make that prediction until, like, just before this, just because it's been so hard. You know, people have asked me, like, who do you have winning the game? Who are you rooting for? I'm not rooting for anyone, and I think the game is super hard to predict. Um, It really could go either way. It's why the Vegas has a line at, like, one and a half right now. Um, But I do think that the, the Chiefs end up winning. Probably in a a very similar score line to what you said, Sam, probably flipped, like something like 31, 21-ish. You can very easily see something like that. Um, I could also very easily see it it being like a one-score game in the fourth quarter with a couple minutes left. Um, So something around those lines is kind of how I see the game going. Um, Definitely one of the more interesting ones that that I remember. um, So so
3: real quick, do we all see this being like a super high-scoring game because we all see like over like 40 points being scored, like – is that? Is that what I guess
0: so, yeah, inadvertently. That's uh, I,
3: interesting.
2: I think, yeah, oh, yeah. I just think that the Eagles defense, you know, have an elite secondary, but they're, they're a zone-heavy scheme, and they also have a suspect around defense. So I think it'll be possible for the Chiefs to run up the score on them. All right, well, bro, let's but, get a prediction. Well, Who do you think on. is going
3: to be the first touchdown scorer for each team? Sorry.
0: No, you're good. That, that's a better question. Yeah, all right. Who do you think is going to be the first touchdown scorer? Isaiah. Dude, I was going to say, yeah, Pacheco. I'm rolling with him Checo? for the Chiefs. Oh, Pacheco.
3: I low-key Pacheco. think it's going to be Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, either Devontae
0: Smith or Pacheco.
1: I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go with maybe Kelsey just because the number is, like, just totally lean his way. It's a touchdown scoring machine, but – I would not be surprised if the Eagles, like, doubled him in, like, a lot of red zone looks. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. And then on the Eagles, I really like Devontae Smith. Um, but, I don't know. We, we left Miles Sanders out of our whole um, first touchdown score fiasco in, in the AFC and NFC Championship, um, like, whatever parlays we were doing, and, and that kind of screwed us. So, um, if it's not Smith, it's going to be Sanders for the Eagles. Yep.
0: Uh, all right, well, hold on. I got something interesting here because we're pretty evenly split down the line. Rohan and I uh, agreeing once again on on the Eagles winning, and Michael and Vinay are over on the Chiefs side. Even though I I would I wouldn't be complaining at all if the Chiefs won. What, what do we say? We put down a little friendly uh, wager or something over here since we're pretty evenly split. Uh, hey, by I the way, you still right have there.
3: to do your punishment. By the way, you still have I to. I do. No, I know it's coming. It's coming.
0: I've been swamped, but the punishment
2: is coming. Yeah. No, I'm willing. Really, I'm willing really to. If there's a guy I'm betting on, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, so I'm willing to wrap I'd
0: say we up the stakes of this game a little bit since we're so evenly split here.
3: All right, what are we thinking?
0: What do you guys, are we looking for mega punishments? Or are we looking for a, a money stake? What are we looking for?
3: If we if it is money, we, this is not real gambling. This is fake. Yeah, no, this is fake. We're gambling, is gambling with monopoly money. Minecraft.
0: This is, my yeah, this is Minecraft. Yeah. So what are we looking for? Are we looking for a punishment? Are I We think, looking for a, a money gamble? What are, what are we doing here in Minecraft? I think
1: I think I think we do some type of punishment, and then we'll we'll okay. actually. I think we should actually get some people in the comments or some of our friends to suggest some stuff because yeah well, yeah let's, let's people make in the sure comments kind be of been slacking so, so we need we need to see those punishments in there. But uh, okay, so I'll be down. In Spagnola, we trust, and man. it's it's gotta
2: be it's bad. True. So I mean we gotta
1: really up these. I'm
0: talking like. Major POV cringe th- thirst traps on TikTok, like if yeah. We already did a pretty solid TikTok. If you haven't
1: seen it already, go check it out on our TikTok. It was good.
0: It's one of our our it's best, it's, best. Yeah, best it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. So
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well, so we'll we'll definitely get back to this next week when we when we pick yeah, up. you guys those, have those to push hit
1: push the Jackson
2: Mahomes if you lose. The <laughs> ultimate. The ultimate.
3: All right, that should be the plush. Whoever loses the wager has to hit their Jackson Mahomes. Okay. All right. I'm good
1: for that. Um, All right, Uh back to NFL football, though. Um If Patrick Mahomes wins this Super Bowl, this game, um, could we build a goat case for him? I mean, obviously not yet, probably, right? But, like, it seems like if he wins... It would be a goat path. trajectory. Yes, okay, yeah. Are we all kind of all in agreement on that? I mean, I, I yeah. would say
3: yes, but, like, with the little asterisks, like, remember what Vinay said on the last podcast? Like, Patrick Mahomes has repeatedly... Been performing at a high level with the pieces that he's had around him. Yeah, well, then we
0: disproved that by remembering that he lost his MVP caliber weapon and everyone was injured and he was on one leg. I mean, he still
3: has Travis Kelsey, though. Like, you can't deny. Okay, well, he's
0: he's missing an ankle in the AFC Championship game against Joe Burrow and a good defense. Like, I feel like we already took that point and just kind of moved it to the side
2: because. We all remember that Mahomes. I right. right. it's still
3: something to consider. I mean, oh, certainly Actually, the can, See,
2: here's, here's the thing, Tom Brady. We can't equate what Mahomes did to when Tom Brady made a playoff run with Kembrel Tompkins, Brandon LaFell, like... Bill Belichick, a Belichick defense. No, no, but that that offense and what like, he made them to do to be super high caliber. Those weapons like Kembrel Tompkins, and Brandon LaFell do not equate. Travis yeah, Kelsey.
0: like Randy Moss and Wes Welker and Julian
2: Edelman. I'm and talking Bronk about and those, those runs and the Hall- between, like, the fourth and the fifth Super Bowl where he yeah. was he was rolling with absolute practice squad players that actually are still on the practice squad of teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, practice uh-huh. squad players with a Hall of Fame defense. No, nah, I, I no, but the, <laughs>
2: he carried that offense to be one yeah, of Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean... Offense.
0: We'll see. Two two Super Bowls in in five years of starting is absolutely unheard of. Like, in your first five years, like, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that before. That is true. That is true. I'm I'm definitely definitely
2: conceding. Like, he's he's on a go trajectory for sure.
0: He's already in a caliber of no other player that's active. Like, he has set himself apart two Super Bowls before any other active quarterback That's you know close to his level gets one like the Burroughs and all them that is ridiculous that is setting yourself so far apart from the competition. Yeah,
1: should we get to our last question here? Uh, yeah. So Devonte Adams. Well, we we gotta get to our
0: game too. Vinay's got his game. Oh, very true. Very. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Let's do that because we're still
0: talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles. So yeah, Vinay, why don't you take away your game? We're uh, another
2: debut. So basically, like, one of the more intriguing parts about the Super Bowl is is Jalen Hurts, you know, like, kind of like a meteoric rise this season. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to run a little QB roulette game. You guys give me the quarterback in the NFL, I'll tell you if he's better than Jalen Hurts, worse, why, you know. Can it be I, a
3: current or a former quarterback? No, it's current. It's
2: current. Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. Um, and are you giving, like, an explanation for each one, or are you just like? Yeah, I'll like, give, I'll give you my initial quick thoughts on it. Let's okay. see if we got any cool, hot cool. takes here. All right. I will start with a quarterback that's very similar to the style of Jalen Hurts in Lamar Jackson.
2: Yeah, okay. So basically, this is a hot take, but I, I think Jalen Hurts is, is better right now because you think about uh, how many okay. playoff victories Lamar has, which is one. Jalen Hurts already has two. We saw a similar kind of season and a meteoric rise of Lamar when he won the MVP. His team went 14-2. and two. Um, they had they were the one seed, similar to how this Eagles team has been on its hair this year. And we saw Lamar dwindle in that playoff game and, and really not be able to, to show multiple dimensions. Jalen Hurts has still been able to show all the facets of his game throughout this playoff run. He hasn't dwindled in that number one seed. And yes, Lamar does have the MVP, but Hurts was a legitimate MVP candidate this year. Definitely an MVP caliber kind of season that he's had. So right now, especially... Like up to this point, he's already reached the Super Bowl before Lamar has, and yeah, I just think that right now you, you have to give him credit for for winning the big games. So I'll take Hurts right now.
3: All right, I'm kind of setting myself up for failure here, but I gotta back my boy, Josh Allen.
2: Yeah, Josh Allen, in my opinion, is is better than Jalen Hurts. Oh,
3: okay. okay, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna say your iconic line. Josh about Allen is my. I
2: was gonna ask Josh Allen. That was a good one. Yeah, I mean he is a he is a go-round merchant. But the thing is about Allen is is he has elite one percent kind of arm, arm talent. You know, no one else in the league is is really gonna. You can name maybe one or two guys that can make the throws that he can make. His athleticism, I think, is is really under the radar. He has ridiculous athleticism. You put him into a a zone read sort of like QB run heavy scheme instead of just letting him take. Like we see what happens when he takes off and improvises. He makes things happen. And you see how Jalen Hurts has these organized gaps for him to run into. I think Allen makes just as much happen with the, those kind of openings, and he, he definitely has a superior arm talent. So I'll go
1: Allen. Yeah, I, I got a couple more. Unless you got one, Sam. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that is that is a
2: great one. I was actually anticipating that someone would, would bring that up. I think that right now I I would rate Trevor Lawrence higher, and see the reason is. Wow, actually. Yeah, it might not like line up with the my reasoning for Jalen Hurts over Lamar, but I just think that that was just a question of two very similar quarterbacks that have had similar sort of ups and downs and what each quarterback did with their ups and what they've done with their downs. But with Hurts Her- and Trevor Lawrence, I think that Trevor Lawrence has basically had his rookie year this year um, under like a, a completely revitalized coaching scheme. And with those requisite weapons, I think that he is pretty mistake prone, but the thing is, you give him an O line like Jalen Hurts has, I think that, I think that he he performs spectacularly. I'm just really high on him because of that's his, interesting. Like, yeah, his fearlessness. So the thing that I rate for Lawrence that's above Hurts is, Hurts rarely makes those like really really dicey throws, like very questionable throws that he kind of wills them to com- completion, but. When it comes to Trevor Lawrence, you see him will throws to completion in big moments. That's that's a big thing uh, in my opinion and the fact that he's won a lot of games from behind, I don't think we can say that quite yet it hurts. So, I definitely take those into account, especially that playoff game. very impressive. I again, I understand that hurts over Lamar right now is a is a hot take, but I think that Lamar needs to prove himself I think Lawrence over Hurts is the hotter take. I would have taken Hurts
0: over him right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. But s- some people, like, just from the sheer superstardom of Lamar, like, I would understand why people would be like, oh, no way. Like, Lamar's different. But the thing is, we've seen how they've performed when they're at similar stages.
0: I agree with that. I just thought, me personally, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, four picks and what, one half of a, of your first playoff game. I, I personally would take Jalen Hurts over him. So I think I just feel like he's a little better. But that's that's an interesting. Right, reason. right
2: now, honestly, I agree with you. Right now, it's just for me. I can't help but look at the, the trajectory that Lawrence has put in place for him. Based on this.
0: that's true. The tra- I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, trajectory wise, is probably better. I just feel like right now, hurts might have the edge. Uh, that's, that's definitely not a but... Yeah, Michael, um,
1: what what uh, what quarterbacks did you have? Yeah, I'm gonna give you an alley oop here for what probably would have been a very hot take at the beginning of the season. But I think I, I kind of know where, where your answer is gonna lie after this.
2: Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, I mean you you almost have to have to fade Dak Prescott at this point, uh, after his performance against the 49ers. Um, you saw both those guys have the same opportunity, similar opportunities against the same defense. One guy just ran all over them. Uh the, the other guy kind of folded with his one dimensionality. And so yeah, I would say that right now, Dak really needs to do a lot to to rehabilitate his status as an elite quarterback and not just like a serviceable starter. Um Jalen Hurts definitely has has his has his number already just based on this one
1: run. Yeah, and then the other one I was going to say was I it, it'll be interesting but Geno Smith. You know, this is this is closer than people think. Oh, uh, no, come on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I got to show my respect to Geno. What what a season he had. He's Really, really precise passer. Um, I would make I, the argument could be made that he's a better passer than Hertz, but not not a better overall quarterback just because Hertz is so much more dynamic. Um, yeah.
3: All right, I got one last one for all the white girls. Joe Burrow.
2: Joe Burrow. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna rate Joe Burrow just because of the fact that he is literally the most precise and probably just he does everything right in the sense of being a quarterback he makes incredibly precise throws um his anticipations off the charts I think when you look at look at a Jalen Hurts you you just definitely cannot say that he has the poise that Burrow has he definitely has the athleticism but you put Jalen Hurts behind that Bengals O-line you put any top-tier quarterback behind the Bengals O-line I guarantee you they don't look as good as Joe Burrow just because Burrow knows exactly how to get the ball out and exactly how to move the ball with all that pressure and all that stuff in his face. So I'll give him credit for that.
1: Yeah. Also a, a little fun fact, I was looking at this list of like starting quarterbacks in the NFL and of the 32 teams, I think only five have, um, starters that, you know, remain the same from week one. Um, absolutely crazy madness happening at the quarterback position. Um, so many changes, um, and, you know, those, I think, definitely had an outcome on how the season played out. But, yeah, I think – is that – oh, wait, no, we have one more question for We do, for yeah. Really Aaron Rodgers talk. Yeah, sure. So, uh, recently, Devonta Adams, you know, convinced uh, Rodgers to visit Vegas. Do we think anything of this? Is this kind of just like a whole, you know – like a, I just think it's hilarious or...
3: that Aaron Rodgers is currently, like, in hibernation, like, in isolation, kind of contemplating his decision. He's just a funny guy. Yeah,
1: yeah he's a very interesting dude for sure. I don't think Yeah, not, not much to say about that. I yeah, just, yeah. I,
0: I think he'll probably end up, I don't know. He's not retiring. So it's a matter of are you going back to Green Bay or are you going to go? If he does get traded, it feels like it's either Jets,
1: Titans, or Raiders. I don't yeah. really know what to make of it right now. Yeah, Seems entirely. like Raiders are the favorites. Yeah, Rohan and Sim, we need y'all to, to bring your NBA uh, guessing of destinations to the NFL. Um, Vinay, I know you are, are pretty high on him. Going to the Jets? You think that that would be the smartest move for him?
2: I don't know. He's spending a lot of time in darkness. You know that might that might influence his his thinking to go towards like a a black and sil- silver and black <laughs> sort of I don't know. I'm trying to think of the metaphysical links he can make because it seems like he's trying to make some meta metaphysical connection to a team to a franchise that that'll direct his decision making. So yeah don't sleep on don't sleep on the the isolation room because we'll see we'll see if he ends up in those dark colors i I will say
3: i'm thinking i'm thinking he goes to the raiders because i saw this tiktok he was on like a like a golf tournament or whatever
0: the golf course yeah he was
3: on the golf course and hella people were asking him to to pull up to the raiders so if he's if he's one for the fans he's gonna go to vegas re re, you you know the relationship he has with Devontae adams and hopefully you know
1: be one of those one of those teams that you know make the wild card and make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I, I just think it's like impossible to break what's going through Bro's head right now. Like I don't even like. Obviously, he has no clue. I don't even know yeah. how how to begin speculating what he's thinking. So, yeah. Um, with that though, we'll make the same corny joke we do every week. You can guarantee it's going to happen from one football to another. Rohan, take it away,
3: please. <clears throat> Thank you for that segue. Um, so, some quick news in the world of soccer. Um, first, with Manchester City, uh, news has come out that they are being investigated for violating their financial fair play rules, which is hilarious. I've been, I've been on their downfall since day one. They signed with the with the uh, Abu Dhabi government or whatever government they're they're being backed by. by. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's been inevitable that they're going to be investigated and the, there's, you know, potential threats of their titles from like the last few years being stripped away. Um, not much really to say besides we'll see what happens. Do I think they violated? Probably. Uh, they've been spending large sums of money to bring in players over the course of the last few years. Not that many players have left. Now we've seen pretty much only since last season, they've been offloading some players and, um, Raheem Sterling and Zinchenko and now this year and Halkin um, on a loan deal, I might add. So not even for a buyout. So, you know, look, we'll, we'll look to see what happens. We'll, will they get a 15-point deduction like Juventus? We'll see what happens. Um, but in other news, speaking of Juventus, um, the Euro- European Super League has been kind of revitalized. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the Super League is, it's kind of like another competition like the Champions League. But they're expanding it to include more teams. Basically, it's just a scheme for the rich teams to get richer and for the poor teams to play catch up, like on an uphill battle. Um, I think it's not going to be good for the world of soccer. But Vinay, I know you know you probably know a little bit more than I do. What do you think?
2: Well, I think that you know Florentino Perez, Real Madrid's chairman, uh, he made an interesting point the other day about how money has already corrupted the game. And how basically teams in that upper echelon of spending just have complete domination over the market, and the parity is is really unless you're Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seeing what a Chelsea can do, and seeing how a, a team in their exact same league, like a Nottingham Forest, could probably never pull something like that off, or they don't have the means. There's definitely a lot of disparity. I think money is definitely dictating the sport at a certain to a certain extent. But that doesn't mean I agree with the Super League alternative. That's more so just giving into that whole notion that, like, there's an upper echelon of elite spending teams. Why don't we just, like, just pull them all together and separate them and make that, like, its own subsidiary? I think that there's still much to be said about fighting against the established financial, you know, wrongdoing and manipulation that we see in the sport now. So, yeah, I think the Super League is, is, is a realist kind of take, but it succumbs to kind of what we already see in the sport right now, what we see forming. And I definitely think that it, it's not the direction that we should probably go in. Probably go just try to address some of the, the parity issues we see right now.
3: Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I think what fans are most disappointed in is the fact that we're creating like this upper echelon for higher spending clubs. And, you know, if I'm a fan of a Nottingham Forest, I'll be super pissed that, like, my club is not going to be able to compete with the likes of the top six in the Premier League anymore because they're getting extra, you know, uh, revenue like, extra revenue streams from competing in the Super League. But also, if I'm a player, I'm going to be super pissed if I'm in the Super League team. You know, you know, we, we see as it is. There's, like, at least four or five competitions during the course of a season. Plus, you know, you have the World Cup. Plus, you have, you know... Um, Extra training sessions, etc. We already see players being overworked, and with the addition of another competition, it just goes to show that UEFA and FIFA don't really care about their players. They're just looking to exploit them, exploit the clubs, exploit whatever money they can kind of squeeze from them. So, not a huge, huge uh, proponent of the Super League. Uh, do I? Do I see? Do you actually see this like taking form and actually happening? You know, we saw. Uh, New new proposals, uh, including over 80 teams from across Europe. So, Vinay, do you actually see this happening?
2: I mean, just coming off like what we just saw in January with Chelsea spending 300 million, 600 million, you know, these kind of sums in such a short window of time. I think that there's a possibility that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 20 billion is thrown into this, or like 30 billion, or like 50 billion. 100 billion. I mean, the revenue sharing agreements and everything is, is actually through the roof with the Super League. It is going to be an absolute cash cow. And, you know, before January, I may have said, oh, these teams are not going to throw like 500 mil into this idea and create the Super League on a whim. But now we've seen teams can do that. Teams can just throw down 500 million, a, a billion on, on a whim. And if they do that and they they put together this massive pot of, like 10, 11, 15, 20 billion dollars it will happen and like it with that amount of money something like this does not just kind of stay in the groundwork it it takes off so yeah I think it, unfortunately it's it's definitely possible.
3: honestly I'm, I'm I honestly don't really see it happening. I just think with the with the amount of like negative response that we see from fans and we also see some negative response from teams who, like, for for instance, like, an Arsenal or Liverpool who was projected to join the Super League. And because their fans were super pissed off, they they pulled out. I think, you know, we're going to see a lot more of that. And I just don't think that, you know, the fans' teams will, you know, will kind of allow their teams to join the Super League. And even if they do, fans are probably not going to attend those games. Like, we see, like, Juventus fans kind of revolting against the 50-point penalty and cancelling their subscriptions. I kind of see that response happening for the Super League as well. I think the fans are going to take over and kind of just prevent that from happening. Um, also, another point I kind of wanted to bring up before we go to uh, the next thing in the soccer segment is if we see like big games that are meant to be only played like once or twice per season happen over the course of the season, it takes away from the prestige of the game and it kind of takes away from the actual enjoyment of watching soccer, like, if you have, like, like uh, like Georgia play Alabama, like, the one versus two seed in the college football world, like, every other week, for example, or every year you see that happening, like, you you will eventually get bored of it, and kind of takes away from the prestige when two powerhouses, uh, like, you know, meet each other. So, to that extent, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, if it does happen, I'll be disappointed, but with that... um,
1: we'll I, I actually had, I had a couple of like a quick thought on this, well, yeah, yeah, like the yeah. Super League. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. I think this whole idea, and I think this, my my take kind of um, applies to like multiple sports. I know you made the, the comparison to college football, but I don't think like a Super League is, is good for parity at all in any sport Um, because when you have a, a Super League with all like, you know, the Super Elite teams at the top and then, you know, the the, the smaller, less funded teams at the bottom, um, you know, it, it creates a, like an endless cycle of just, you know, all the games you really are going to care about are the the top teams, right? Like if we really are going to want to watch, if you are a true football fan, um, you're you obviously going to still watch like those those lower-seeded teams play. But for the average fan who doesn't have, you know, maybe the time to watch all the games, they're just they're going to use like their time to only watch the best of the best games, right? And that's just going to completely destroy, I think, um, you know, not only like the the nature of of the game and like, and and the beauty of it, but also like for these teams, I think they're going to lose a lot more funding because, you know, if you're in some of these smaller leagues um, and and you're, and you're a fan of of these teams, other fans of of smaller teams that are also in the league are going to watch your games because it has an impact on their outcome in the league. But if you're already assuming that you're not going to have any shot at winning, you know, a big title, then, you know, there's no point in in that person watching um, that team anymore. Um I think that'll really hurt the funding of those teams and just make it even worse. I think that that would just like, I, I guess, like amplify and like um, ignite like the, the economic disparities between the teams um, and just make it even less fair.
3: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. Let me just put
2: one thing out there for the viewers, you know, before we move on from this topic. So Man City's revenue stream for 2021, 22, you have 300 million for broadcasting 400 million for commercial and 64 million for match day so the question is 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 that match day revenue even do teams even care about that 64 mil out of like 800 900 mil so interesting to think about
3: yeah um and with that we're kind of transitioning over to our next thing for the soccer tech. find something new to kind of get everyone involved i've uh, found this little game online it's kind of like Wordle, but not really. All right. So, welcome to our new soccer segment. Uh, well, part of our soccer segment where I found this little website. I thought it'd be kind of fun. It's Guess the Football Club, kind of like Wordle. You start off with like a random team and it'll tell you whether they're in the right league, whether they're, um, you know, whether they're recently established or like a historic club, how far like they are away. You'll kind of get the idea the more we play it. So, do we want so to here.
0: best of three? Me and What's... Michael, versus you and Rohan. I mean, you and Vinay.
1: Oh, dude, dude we don't have a shot, Sam. What are you doing, Yeah, yeah, yeah we got yeah. this. We got this. We got this. We got this. All right,
3: so hey, Vinay and I on a
1: team. Why are we yeah, doing you, this? This is terrible. You and Vinay, for...
0: you and Vinay against me. No one's me gonna
2: go best out of three. <laughs> all right, no I'm one... down. I'm done. All right, let's. All right, if we're gonna stack the teams like this, let's put a punishment on the line for Rohan and I if we lose. Oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure exactly. fine.
1: We'll do no, one TikTok dance if we lose. We like to talk a lot. Nah, I'll it's got to be something this, different. Man. It's gonna be something different than a TikTok dance. We're right, there we're TikTok yeah, yeah, yeah. Dance. Well, we'll, well, well, we get to decide. How about that?
0: Yeah, we get to decide what your punishment is. All right, so, let's, let's run go, it. Let's, let's run, run it. it. All right, bad.
3: All right, uh, Sam Best and Michael, I'll go first. Wait, for the record, okay. for
1: the record, are we allowed to like use the internet at all? No. No, you, no. Bro, we're not gonna have a chance. We got this. We got
3: this. We got this. Nope. No
1: internet. All right. Okay, fine, fine. Go for it. Are you? I guess once. Um. Let's do a team that probably, I don't know, let's just let's pick like Real Madrid or something. Okay, okay, Real Madrid.
3: Also, we have a, a, our special guest who will be joining us shortly. Jonah, what's up, man? Hey,
0: guys. Happy to be on right, the cool. show got, today. Got nothing right. Okay, cool. All, All right, right uh, yeah, so as
3: you can see, it's not in the Spanish league. It's established uh 1902 or later. The capacity is their stadium capacity, so you can see if they're a big or small club. Also the direction is important. So geographically.
0: So it's down?
1: Or is that what it's it's, it's so south? It's...
3: it's south. What is that? West by so. 10,050 oh, yeah. kilometers.
1: Wait, wait. Okay. So this means that our team is younger. It was established more recently and right. it's smaller, right?
0: Yeah. And it's southeast
1: or southwest of south, by 10,000
3: kilometers. South,
1: okay, south, south I'm thinking this is a South American team. Oh. oh um Maybe africa are there, maybe Africa? I don't. Really yeah, know, are there like are there kilometers. are there national are there national
3: teams? No, no national teams. Sir. This is the club football club. club mm-hmm. Clubs, clubs, clubs.
0: What what's ten thousand kilometers? Can someone put that in in U.S. measurements for me, please? Bruh,
3: it's far away. It's far away. <laughs> far, far, far. Um,
1: dude, why? I don't know. Like any. Could it be American? Americans. Is it is that is it that far? Yeah,
3: yeah it, could be be I mean, it could be American. It could be.
1: Let's try. Let's try a good old Inter, like Inter F- Miami. We could do that, or like an FC Dallas or something. Let's do Inter Miami. Sure, yeah. yeah, Inter Miami. Oh, hometown, hometown. Wait, they don't have Inter uh, Miami. <laughs> okay, let's do. <laughs> can we do FC Dallas? Yeah, do FC Dallas. They don't have FC
0: Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh,
3: Orlando,
0: oh,
1: you're Orlando Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Wait, wait. If you just type in Miami, then it was probably. Better.
3: all right so it's not it's not in the american league it is a little bit older than 96 it's so higher capacity and it and is
1: southwest
3: southwest by eight thousand kilometers
1: okay Dude, what's eight what's i 8, think this is like kilometers. this is like pointing to like an african team right can like, you name any african teams <laughs> i can't name any uh, like african
2: all right players. it's this probably like,
3: not an african team i'll, I'll help you out
2: no, <laughs> there are no. There are no, like. Um, I'm pretty sure if you search up an African team, it's not in their data. Can you name any South American teams?
3: Michael, you can. You can. Think, yeah, no, think, of, like
2: a, think of a pink bird. Dude, I don't the know South
1: that, that well, the I flamingos? don't follow it that well
3: at all. All right, I heard flamingo. Flamingo. Oh. Should I, should I just lock this in for you? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. just, yeah, just yeah, lock
0: yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if we're even in South America.
3: Okay, so I'm
2: southeast
1: of
3: two thousand kilometers. We're getting there. I'm
1: okay, south- so. Maybe this is more like a it's like Chile team. Or, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know any teams on that coast, man. I'm not All right, out. I'll give you. I'll give you access Ooh. to
3: the internet. This one is a little harder. Here, <laughs> hey, if think, want, yeah, yeah, if you want.
1: Think of a work. very menacing
2: rapper that you know. Wait, do you, do you guys see the answer, Ron? Do you purpose. see what the answer is? Or I know.
3: I don't know what the answer, answer, is, answer is, so that's why.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
3: I can reveal a clue also if you're interested.
1: No, no, no. I'm Sean, I'm trying. Um,
3: yeah, think of a menacing rapper like I said. NBA. Okay. Um,
1: sporting,
3: yeah,
1: crystal. sporting
3: Crystal.
0: Right, sporting oh, Crystal.
3: Is it Young, is it the young Boys? Isn't, it, isn't that a team? Young Boys? Or yeah, Young, young boys? boys. Young Boys is in Switzerland.
2: Oh, Uh, yeah. I forgot. I got confused with the other, the junior team. Can we just sporting crystal?
1: Yeah, sporting. Wait, why? Why are we doing that?
0: Because it's in Peru.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, sure thing. Jesus Christ. Okay. 2,000 kilometers.
0: So this has to be like Argentina
1: or Antarctica. Antarctica. You can use the
3: internet. Use the internet. I think I have a feeling okay. what this is.
1: Okay, let me just... I'm going to text
3: that. their name what I think it is, so I have this on the record.
1: Well, yeah, watch, yeah. definitely.
3: Watch. They're going
0: to get, like, PSG. It's going to be a setup for failure.
1: Um, okay. Racing? Let's see, let's see. How about... Let's let's send uh,
3: Boca Juniors. Yeah, it's in Boca Oh, of that's a good one. That's a good one. This
1: is what I got confused with
2: young boys because juniors and, like, I... I <laughs> okay. okay, last, last, last guess. Argentina.
3: It's in the Argentinian League. Oh, you, yes, use, use all the other metrics. It's 282 kilometers away.
1: Wait, so this team was formed between 1905 and 1902. That, that really narrows it down.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that's, true,
1: good. True.
2: that's good. Just look up, like, the top teams in Argentina or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did.
1: Okay. I'll trust your judgment, Michael. Yeah. I'm looking at the big five. Big five. Um, Let's see. Mm, it can't be Club Atletico River Plate. That was founded in 1901. Club Atletico uh, Independiente. Let's see. 1905. But January 1st of 1905, Okay, it could be this one. Club Atletico Independiente. Can you, like, look that up real quick?
3: Wait, what is it? Which which one? Ooh,
1: okay. It's either Racing Club or Club Independiente. I don't know. Racing has a cooler name. Racing Club, low-key. Racing Club, low-key. Should we we hedge it all on Racing Club? Dude, I'm about that. I'm about that. All right. Hedge it all on Racing Club. Oh,
4: damn. Oh,
0: Old
1: it? boys, bro. You, oh, Old bro, boys? Opposite of young boys? Okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever, dude. Whatever. It's, it's, watch, they're going to get Manchester uh, United. So right. it's That's a bad, bad beat, bad beat. All right, y'all can't use internet. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All
2: right, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: I'm, Vinay, what do you want to start off
1: with?
2: Let's go, uh, should we go like a team in, in Europe, like uh, Liverpool or something?
3: No, I think let's start like with, like not with England. Let's start with something like in the main continent of Europe. Like
2: something okay. central. Like Germany. Uh-huh. Like should we start with Bayern?
4: No,
2: go yeah, go with like Bayern, yeah, I guess. Oh okay, okay. okay. this is how far. far.
3: We have to do a tiebreaker if you
2: don't get it. Oh it's probably South America again.
3: Yeah, okay. Should we should we go with like uh go
2: river plate or something? Go racing. All
3: right, river plate. Okay, it's nope. close. It's in Argentina.
2: No, it's not. It says it's not Argentina. Oh,
3: no. It's, okay, yeah, that's facts. Okay, sorry. What's to the left <laughs> it's Chile, of
2: it's Chile. Chile. Chile Chile. Damn, bro. I cannot do this without, like...
3: I don't know any Chilean teams. Yeah.
2: You're like you like FC Chile or something. Dang.
1: Fake Chile fans. Wait, if you if you look up Chile, does it show the teams there? No. Oh, dude. Y'all are kind of screwed, huh? This is This sucks.
2: What about like East Boys or something? I don't know. They like name teams like about boys.
3: Boys, sport boys. Is that? Oh Chile? yeah, that's
2: that's Chile. No, is that the Chilean? That's flag? Peru, I think. I think that's Peru. Peru. I, All
3: right.
2: I would what else? Find that if do like do like racing or something or like? Oh. No, it's only. Let's just look up keywords and see if we find a random like the Chilean flag. <laughs>
3: I don't even know what that looks like. Sorry. Maybe, dog. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, bro, what's, what's like Michaels.
2: a city in Chile? What's a city in Chile?
3: Oh, dude, I used to know all the capitals of South America.
2: Dude, Machu yeah, Picchu, bro. I know, F. dude. Machu Picchu. Maybe the Andes Mountains FC.
3: copy Haifa?
2: <laughs> Andes Mountains. Know, uh, no. Bro, we can't even get Like, We can't even. Wait, wait, I saw the Chilean flag. What did you just type? Andes? No, no, there. Oh, yeah. Antofagasta. Okay, oh in Chile. it's in
3: Chile. It's in Chile. God damn
2: it, bro! <laughs> All right, just type in random letters. See if we get a Chilean flag. Okay, this. Oh, says- oh Union. Okay, yeah, run it, run it.
4: 97, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow. All right, run it, run it again. Random combination of letters. All right. I'll take it. Let's run that one. No.
3: They're fifteen pull up. They're fifteen
1: Bro, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, one more lie. guess. One more guess. What the hell?
3: It's like a, a weird combination of letters. Oh, just colo do- colo! Colo colo, hit it. Hammer that shit.
4: Oh, oh, my god. God. oh my god. Kolo,
1: Kolo. let's go. Wow, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> dude. I was hoping. Dude, because oh my god. That's
3: wow.
1: oh. that's insane. All right, are we running it back? We should let's do all four of us
3: on
5: one last one. All right, one. yeah.
3: Like- but no, let's get Jonah into two. Jonah, give us give us a team, yeah? Any team in the world.
5: Dude, I don't, I don't know anything about soccer. I don't yeah, that's from what you know, you, you want to make a
1: guess? Any, any, team. Uh,
5: uh okay, Juve. All right.
3: Juve. <laughs> all right, all right. So it's in it's oh, it's
2: Europe. Close, it's close. I think it's,
3: it's a, right Spanish, next a Spanish or Portuguese team. Yeah, do so. I don't
1: wait, wait, wait. Are we, are we serious about that?
2: Well, we each get one guess.
3: There's
0: what five of us, so each of us do one guess, and someone gets two. Yeah. I don't think,
3: I mean look at the distance and the direction. Italy is to the right of Spain and Portugal.
1: Yes, it could be it's about Greek seven thousand kilometers away. What about like a like a Greek? Like a Mioconos? No, this, I, but, I
3: think, but but Greece is to like the bottom right of Italy.
1: I think this is a, a US. This is in North America. Side.
5: Like
3: how, how much is seven like seven k like, kilometers. It's That's like, like a it's lot,
1: like, right? It's like North. Yeah, it's like North. Yeah, it's America. probably like North America
5: then.
3: All right, yeah. Michael. It's AR. Michael, give us. Give give us your guess.
1: Um, I mean, northeast. Me LA.
3: I think it's okay. Yeah, LA. Let's see, LA Galaxy.
1: Uh, that might be too far, actually. Uh, do you do LA Galaxy? Sure, sure. Let's just see if it's in the US. Yeah, this. Don't cloud okay. me for this, but okay. FC stands LA. for like football club, right?
3: FC is football club.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay, so it's still...
3: That might
2: team.
1: be a good time for that FC Dallas city. Uh, Nashville, Nashville. Wait, wait, look at Miami. Look at Miami. Oh, true? Miami. I feel like Miami would be like south. They don't even have it in here. Orlando?
3: Yeah, Orlando City. Yeah. Orlando Pirates?
2: No. Got <laughs> Orlando Pirates. Okay.
3: All right, so
0: it's on the... I think it's on the... New England Revolution. Nashville, Nashville. It's got to be Nashville.
2: Yeah, yeah it's the New England Revolution. New
3: England? Yeah. Okay. Damn. So it's a li- like Midwestern team? Uh the New York team,
2: New York FC? No,
0: no,
1: not, no. No,
3: no, no. I... like
2: Ohio, maybe? No. Like it's maybe Cincinnati.
3: Kansas? Sporting Kansas.
1: No.
0: Not true. Maybe... No, it's, too, it's down. No, it's too down. It's too far down.
1: I think is it could be. Is it like a Michigan or something? Maybe? I, I think C. it could be I think it could be Kansas. That lines up. But Kansas, like, I think the location sounds right.
0: Yeah. Damn, you can't spell Kansas, bro. Send it. Oh, it's all
1: right. A, it's close. It's
4: all right, close. It's like
1: oh. Michigan, maybe. That's what it's oh, yeah. yeah. called. It's our uh, last guess. It's our last guess. What's, what's the team in Chicago? Fire? I think it's just Chicago. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I like Chicago more than Michigan. I think.
3: All right, should I lock it in?
5: Yeah, yeah, lock it in.
3: All right, come
1: on, boys! All right, that was pretty fire. All right, yeah, I like like that game. I like that game. All
0: right, that's a wrap for that. Well, thank you
1: for that, Rohan. That was that was sick. That was pretty sick. Maybe next time we'll get like an easier one because, dang that's – that can you name like him. any Chilean teams I could not, but we got Jonah on the pod, um finally like we said yeah I mean we we, we yeah, didn't have one before um he had some great analysis yeah, but like we said mysteriously Johan, disappeared. Yeah, yeah. We didn't really press the record button. That's not even all on you, Rohan. We, it kind of falls on all of us. I think you've been getting way too much of the blame for that. But um, Jonah, yeah. drop some UFC knowledge on us. Drop some some
5: Yeah, yeah I got you guys.
1: Things.
5: So, so there is a huge UFC uh, bout coming up tomorrow, UFC 284. I don't actually know what time it is because it's in Perth, Australia, so it might be the time might be a little bit different. But expect it, like, you know, during the day towards the nighttime.
3: Um, and this is
5: a huge huge bout, in my opinion but it hasn't been given that much light by the UFC because they're doing all this like slap fighting stuff that I think is kind of stupid but that's just my opinion um and so yeah uh basically the the main event is Alexander Volkanovsky who's currently the pound for pound number one in the entire world um in UFC which is known to be you know the best of the best uh facing off one weight class above featherweight in the lightweight division against Islam Makachev currently number two pound for pound so this is like the matchup that you everyone could ever hope for. It's something that, you know, I don't know why it hasn't been given enough attention, but this is this is insane because if Volkanovsky wins, it'd just be crazy. But I'll, I'll get to that later. I'll make that the last thing I'll talk about. Um, so the way these events usually work is that there's early prelims, um, there's prelims, and then there's a main card. Early prelim and prelim are usually free to watch on ESPN Plus or something like that. And then the main card is a pay-per-view. So... What I'll do is I'm not gonna really talk too much about early prelims. I have nothing really to say there, but I'll, I'll give two like prelim highlights of fights to look out for because they could be kind of interesting. And then I'll go through really quickly through the main card. So in the in the prelims, right, we have uh, one one highlight that I wanna make, which is a lightweight bout. It's Jamie Malarkey versus uh, Francisco Prado, Prado, I don't know. But um, essentially this matchup is just gonna be interesting because there should be a knockout. So. What we know so far is, like, Jamie Willarkey has proven in the past, he's a pretty tough fighter. Um, he got knocked around in his last fight, and he still won. Um, and he was he was kind of getting beat up a lot. But, you know, it's it's not something where um, he took a lot of damage and wasn't doing well at the beginning. He was still fighting well, and he just continued to fight well. He's a tough guy. Um, and the thing is about this, though, that Pareto is 20, um, and he's a guy that finishes fights. Um, and so like the first round is going to be really, really tough for both of them because Prado or Prado, I I apologize if I'm messing that up, but he, he will be looking for that finish. He has finished a lot of his fights in the past, in the first round. And you're what we're going to see is a crazy first round where this guy's just looking for the finish, trying to knock him out. But I think that the way this fight is going to go is he's not going to be able to do it. I think Jamie Malarkey is going to get past, um, you know, be resilient and get past that. And because of this, Pedro is gonna fall apart, and Jamie's gonna like slowly, slowly just turn the tides. And he, I, I I'm predicting a third round knockout, um, same way he did it to his last opponent, just with, with knees. He's just gonna knee him and get him down on the floor and speed him up. So that's that's my first prediction of a knockout. Um, and then the second fight that I want to highlight is a light heavyweight bout between uh, Tyson Pedro and. Odestis Bukoskis. Sorry if I messed that up too. Some of these names are just impossible. Yeah, some weird um, names. I know, I know. But yeah, so Tyson Pedro is um he's he's an Australian fighter, and he his last fight, he got a first-round knockout. He's been looking incredibly good recently. Um and also this fight was taken on short notice by the other guy, Bukaskis. So like I, I'm predicting a Tyson Pedro knockout. Um, we've also seen that in this this guy's like Bukowski's last fight, he he was um, getting beat up. I mean, he won the fight, but we saw the other guy basically knocking the, the crap out of his legs, and he wasn't taking it too well. But he still won by decision, I'm pretty sure. And um, you know, Tyson Pedro won his last fight using kicks. He he got a front kick. He kicked the other guy really hard in the in the, like in the front of his body. The guy couldn't take it and fell on the ground and just got beat up. So, I think this is very, very clear. Just Tyson Pedro is going to go in there, do what he's got to do, and get a KO right away. And I don't think it'll be that close, anything. And um, what do you what do you think
1: will be the method of, of the KO, if you had to guess?
5: If I had to guess, I, it, he's going to batter um, his legs and basically you know, do, do what has been proven to work against him in the past. Just take out his legs, and then once – you know the legs are everything in UFC fight. We saw that with Israel Adesanya uh, versus Alex Pereira. Adesanya's legs were just taken away from him in the first round, and that eventually led to him getting KO. Um, so if you take out someone's legs, it's not very good for the rest of the fight. Pedro, all he has to do is get like take away his legs um, and then just start to piece him up. I think I think it'll end with maybe a, some sort of kick. The other guy ends up on the ground and ground and pound again. Like it, it's he's done it in the past. It'll probably happen again, honestly. But yeah. I guess, so before, before I get to the main event, so we actually discussed this last time, but, you know, I thought it was an interesting discussion. I want to pose this question to you guys. Um, how much money would it take for you to get knocked out by a
3: UFC fighter? Um, I would say um, at least, like, a mil. Like, at least. I would say that's pretty reasonable. Is you, this like a
2: knockout or a submission?
3: A knockout, knockout. Like
5: one punch to the face, you're out. Lights out.
2: <laughs> Could it be like a kick to
5: the face?
1: yeah, I think the method of knockout definitely alters It's me. a right I hook? Really?
3: Oh, a right nah, hook? Yeah, yeah.
2: You but you let's gotta, see a right hook to your jaw. like mind. a kick to the temple. I'm not trying to get my jaw broke. I'm just trying to get a knife. Right, okay, no, let's well, let's
5: well, say no well, damage, no damage. Well, under the just, that just a right hook right to your temple. The right hook to your temple, you're you're out. The only thing that happens is you get knocked out. Like maybe it hurts after too, you're bruised. But I'll just point out.
1: I'll take like 10K. Yeah, I'll my college like, tuition. Yeah, low yeah, i I'll just
3: bill them whatever expenses I have during college.
1: Yeah, yeah. Assuming no damage, yeah. Like, I mean, like, it'd suck in the moment, but, like, yeah. uh-huh, it's 10, 10K, 10K.
3: I want, like, a
2: $50 a month for, like, 10 years.
1: $50 a month?
2: That's passive <laughs> income right
3: there. How much interest <laughs> are you accruing on that do
2: I don't know. You tell me. All
5: right, let's, not, uh, about, let's not talk run. about it, actually. Let's talk about <laughs>
3: yeah, so,
2: like,
5: a big thing about the UFC is that, you know, it's actually a safer sport than boxing, which you wouldn't expect. And the reason for that is actually a reason that you also wouldn't expect, which is that, you know, in boxing, when you get hit and you're like, you're dazed and you're, you're basically knocked out and you fall on the ground. The ref does not let the fight continue at that point. The ref lets you have a, a standing, like, has a, a 10 count. And you have the chance to get back up and then keep fighting. And a lot of fighters do that. They get back up and they keep fighting. And that is way, way worse for you because it just causes more damage to be done to you where it really, it's really, really bad for your brain. And that's why you see like a lot of um, boxers having CTE later in life. But in the UFC, when you get knocked down, nothing happens. The fight's still going until the ref sees that you're either like unconscious or can't protect yourself like um, intelligently. So it's it's actually a, a lot safer because of that. Like once you're out, you're out. And that's just one, one hit and that's it. That's all it actually takes. Um, yeah, I probably do it for like maybe, yeah, probably ten, five to ten k somewhere.
1: Is this, is this like a known like fact? Like, is this like objectively true that the UFC is, is like much safer? Because mm-hmm. intuitively, I don't, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I know guys get like they get dazed pretty hard. They get whacked yeah. and then they're on the ground and they get hammer fisted like a few times. Like, I don't, I don't know how that is uh, that fares against you know a, a boxing punch. To the face and i i get like you got you know you gotta stand back up and and stuff like that but like i don't know i i it's just so hard for me to imagine that uh, like an open fist like is gonna be less damaging i don't know
5: that's that's why i find it really interesting because you know if you actually look at the statistics um there hasn't been an actual death in ufc due to like like getting knocked out or hit too hard or anything um in like ever all the, the only deaths in the UFC have been due to like, you know, medical issues with like cutting weight, which you know happens in boxing too. And from you know, like freak accidents that happen after the fact, like that also have to do kind of with the weight cuts too, where they go into a fight where they shouldn't have because you know they're not like they're up to like the actual standard they should be. And then later they have heart problems. Um, but it's 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 mainly due to weight cutting. Whereas boxing, um, yeah, the CTE is huge. Like it's it's really really bad for you. And yeah, like it, it in UFC it does look much worse because you know it's it's less of a difference between like a boxing glove and a UFC glove. I'm not sure how many ounces. Like also, a like UFC a lot more gloves.
1: blood too, which probably.
5: Yeah, which which again like graphically it makes it look way worse, but it it's statistically not. And it's and it's better long term for the fighters' health too. But it offer, could, the be,
3: could the statistics be skewed in the UFC's favor because, uh, UFC is a younger sport.
5: Uh, I, I don't think so because I mean the UFC's been around for like twenty something years now, and like even in those twenty something years, there's not really, there has been no serious like injuries of that matter. And you know the, the fighters like fighter health is a huge thing. And a bigger like it's growing now too as like a as we get more and more aware of you know what's going on. But in in all of boxing history, it's it's been a consistent, you know, like there's been a lot of brain damage, like CT and stuff like that. And you know, there have been accidents in the ring too where it's something bad will happen too. So I don't know. I, I'd say it's marginally more safe. Maybe, maybe not more and more safe, but you know, it's it's definitely a, a safer sport. Um, but yeah, I I'm gonna continue with onto the main event now because I don't want to take too much time away from you guys. But um, yeah, so the main card is five fights. Um, and I'll just kind of go from the first fight to the last fight, the last one being the main event. So the first fight um, of the, the main card is a light heavyweight bout. It's at 205 pounds. It's Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo uh, Menafield. Now, I don't have too much to say on this. They're not like, there's no real big names until you get to like the, the third third to last, second to last in main event. Um, but this fight's going to be somewhat interesting. So I think this is the upset of the night, in my opinion. Um, I think, so a lot of people see Jimmy Crew and think um, that he is going to go out there and, you know, out-wrestle Mennefield. He's really good on the ground. He's really good at grappling. But what, what I see is that uh, Alonzo Metafield isn't, that good but he's extremely dangerous which is a it's a problem he's dangerous on the feet and he's also pretty large so like this is light heavyweight 205 pounds are like going in there maybe around 225 um and, and it's going to be hard to wrestle um for crew so i think that you know this guy alonzo has some good momentum i mean he's gotten i say he's gotten kind of lucky he has two ko wins in the first round but i think he has confidence and although Jimmy's really, really good at, at grappling and, you know, he beat the likes of Paul Craig, who I talked about on the, the one that did not get actually recorded, but he's really, he's known to be really good at grappling and he, he outgrappled Paul Craig, but I think um, he's been getting too confident lately in his striking. We've seen against, you know, Jamal Hill who just won the light heavyweight title and who beat the absolute living like crap out of him. Um, when he gets too confident in his striking, he loses. And, you know, he's been out for 14 months. He hasn't fought that recently. And, you know, if he doesn't shoot takedowns immediately and he doesn't start trying to out-wrestle and out-grapple Menafield, he's just going to lose. He's going to get knocked out. So, so I like I, – I think that he's going to go into it with this confidence and try to, to strike with Menafield. and I don't think it's going to work well for him. So I think that it's going to be an upset, and Jimmy Crude's going to win. Um, On to the next fight. So this one, I have really nothing, like, not that much to say. It's, it's a heavyweight fight. Um, they're, this is 265 pounds. They have to weigh in that, but they could be anything above that up to, like, I don't know, like 280 maybe, two, like, not 300, but, you know, cute big guys basically. At that point, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I think this one's pretty simple. So they're both fat, but Justin, this guy, Justin Taffa or Taffa or whatever, He's a different type of fat, you know, like you, you've ever seen Derek Lewis or like tie to They're fat. But when when they hit you, that's powerful. They use their fat for power. And this other guy that he's fighting Porter, he's fat, but he's just plain fat. Like, I don't I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, I think he'll probably catch Porter with, you know, like a head kick or something. He had a KO last fight with a head kick. And got a KO. I think it's it's gonna end the same way. And one more one more factor is that Porter isn't really good, hasn't ever really been that good. And he's 37 years old. So he's taken a lot of damage over the years. Whereas Justin Taffa, he's like, I don't know, 20-something, much younger fighter. Usually the younger fighter wins in these types of situations. So, you know, I think it's pretty straightforward, Justin Taffa, KO. Um, okay, this this next fight is a welterweight fight. It's at 170 pounds. Um, and this is a really, really interesting fight because it has um, Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Brown. Now, Randy Brown has been a, around for a decent amount of time, but Jack Della Maddalena is a prospect. And this is, I would say this is one of the prospects, other than maybe Kamzat Jamaev that I have the most confidence in. Um, he will be a UF champion someday. Like, I, I think he will genuinely, he, he's just so skillful. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take him in this fight. I think it's, it's going to be, you know, maybe a little bit close. Um, Randy Brown can be a little bit difficult. You know, he's, he's decent at wrestling. Maybe he'll get some takedowns or something like that. But, uh, Jack is one of the best boxers I've seen in the UFC so far. Uh, like think like Max Holloway level, like this guy is crazy and he's just so disciplined. He's so fundamentally sound and, you know, like he's he's a monster prospect this guy's going to go places i think first round ko his last few fights have been first round ko's i think he's just going to continue doing that continue the momentum and just like knock this guy out uh yeah i think this is a very very clear one i think that the odds are like negative 300 something too on the like the money line so yeah i think that's pretty clear okay now we have um the second to last fight and this is interesting because this fight is between Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. It's featherweight, 145 pounds. And this is for the interim championship. And why is it interim, you might ask? Well, that's because the champion currently is Alexander Volkanovsky. And he's fighting in the main event to have two belts at one time. And he's fighting for the light, the, the lightweight belt. But he's right now featherweight champion. And honestly, I th- think no matter who wins this fight, Yair Rodriguez or Josh Emmett, um, they are going to fight Alex Volkanovsky next, no matter who wins in... volks fight and i think volks gonna win the fight no matter what happens um volk has just proven to be the goat like it at, at featherweight right now he's he's making a case for himself very clearly um and you know these two people are really good but yeah if it comes down to it he's winning um but for this fight specifically it's it's a really even matchup honestly they did a really really good job at this um so yair rodriguez is really really like he has a slick style of striking he's he's got like it's, it's not the most conventional. He's really good at kicking, elbows, that sort of thing. And if uh, I'd recommend, go watch him versus the Korean Zombie. I know it's a long fight, but watch the whole thing because it is the one of the most clutch knockouts I've seen of all time. Like, I'm talking last second. Last second possible. He's losing the fight, arguably, and he knocks him out in the last possible second. You have to go watch it. And it's, it's a crazy knockout, too. So just write that down. Um, Yaya Rodriguez versus Korean Zombie. Now, along with this... Definitely, so. Definitely a hundred percent dude it's, it's actually ridiculous like the timing you, you go like holy crap it's it, it's reminiscent of like Maru uzman versus um beyond edwards like kind of close to that but even even like this is like last second last second um yeah so he's fighting josh emmett josh emmett like he's powerful he's decent at boxing um but honestly his last fight against calvin ketter um he lost that like it was a split decision I think, like, it was pretty obvious to me that he didn't win, but, you know, they gave it to him. Then his his fight before that, he also, I don't think he won that either against, like, Dan Ige. So, I don't know. I don't think he's that good. But I think, like, he is good enough to be in the top, like, five in the division. And I think he does have a shot at winning, a decent shot. Uh, this fight's going to be interesting because Yair is not trying to get up close and personal. He's trying to be at a distance, you know, kick him around. And all Josh Emmett's way, like, path to victory is get up in his face and just start boxing. and Just try his best to, like, get in there. And so I can see either person winning. I think I'll take Yair Rodriguez by decision, but I can easily see a KO, some sort of, like, head kick or something like that. Um, he's really good at striking. Like, it's crazy. And, like, he lost to Max Holloway. But he was beating up Max Holloway so much that Max Holloway, who, you know, he's like a boxer. Like, you know him for, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. He was shooting takedowns in the third round because he didn't want to stand up. He was just trying to, to ride out a decision at that point. Um, and then his last fight, you know, it was kind of questionable because he fought Brian Ortega and he lost, you know, due to injury during the fight. But he was piecing him up. Like, it was, I don't know. I, I thought he would just beat him up anyway. So I'll take Yair Rodriguez by decision, but not too confident in that. Like, it could be a knockout. All right. It's time for the main event. You know, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Makachev at 155 pounds in the lightweight division. This is going to be crazy if Volkanovsky wins, right? So I'll I'll preface this by saying Volkanovsky, you know, said before, he's he's in the featherweight. He's 145 pounds. He's been bulking up. You know, he's looking like an absolute brick right now. He's pretty short, too. So, you know, he's chasing history. Um, And he's currently pound for pound number one fighter. And a win would Make him like the absolute goat, in my opinion. And, you know, maybe a couple of defenses would just cement him there. But dude dude is already doing a lot right now. And, man, he chose a very, very difficult challenge. If He should have honestly waited um, to fight someone else for the lightweight belt, even though that probably won't happen anytime soon because it's Islam Bakachev. But this is a really tough matchup for him. I just don't, like, I, I really want to see him win. I really respect him. He's a really respectable guy. But he doesn't have there's, – let's just say, like, he doesn't have as many ways to win that Islam Makachev does. Um, I could see him maybe, like, catching Islam with a the uppercut or something like that when Islam's going for a takedown. But I think Islam's too slick, and it just would be too risky. And, yeah, so if you didn't know, Islam Makachev has been talked about for a long, long time um, as, you know, being the, the successor to Khabib. And I, you guys have heard of Khabib, right? Right, like Khabib. Khabib is you know one of the best grapplers to ever do it in the UFC. One of the most dominant fighters in the UFC. He was Islam Makhachev's coach. He's actually not the coach for this fight. Um, he's not Islam Makhachev's coach anymore. But uh, I don't think it'll matter. Yeah, uh, Islam Makhachev has grown up. Same trainer. Uh, Khabib's dad was you know has been grappling since he was like really really little. Dude is so dominant at grappling. He's so dominant in his fights. I don't think it's gonna be close um and to top it off he has like a southpaw stance so you know like with, with when you see commonly see grapplers in the ufc a lot of them will take a southpaw, southpaw stance even if that's not how they usually fight just because um it gives you an advantage grappling because you're closer to that inside leg so it means that you can shoot takedowns um much easier because you're, you're closer and you can just run in there and get it and so i think that the fight's going to play out and that like Essentially, he's just gonna shoot takedowns the whole time. I think Volk, Volk's a brick, man. He's gonna be hard to take down, but like it's it's not like he's just gonna keep doing it. Islam is just too resilient. They're both super like they're freak athletes in terms of like stamina. So it might go to like round three or four, but I think it's not gonna matter. Um he's just gonna keep taking Volk down. He knows Volk's build. He's been preparing for Volk's build. Volk is literally like like I keep saying he's a brick, but like if you look at him, he looks like a brick. He's so short and so like stocky and just all compact to all like 155 to whatever pounds, it's just all muscle. I, I just don't think it matters. Like, um, the only the only way I could see anything bad happening is if Islam tries to strike more because people have been saying he's underrated at, you know, striking. But, you know, I, I'm going Makachev submission around three or four. That's what I got to say. And listen, Volk will still be up there and still be talked about. He'll probably try again if he loses. Um, but he will stay featherweight champion for a while, I've got to say. But, yeah, that's what I got to go with. Um, yeah, so that, that's all I got for UFC. I have some best bets if you want to do that segment.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start us off.
5: Sure. So, best bets for this. Um, I have the first one at plus 165. Josh Kalabau versus Bogdasarian. I think it's just going to go to the distance. Um, so, plus 165. They'll go the distance. I think, you know, it, they're both like kind of equal fighters. I don't think it's going to be too exciting of a fight. No KOs or anything. Um, but that leads me to my second bet plus 155 so I was talking about this before but uh, Alonzo Menafield will KO Jimmy croup and I don't I couldn't find the KO like line but if you can do that take that if you can't um, take the money line instead so the money line is plus 155 so pretty good and then the third one I'm gonna take minus 130 Justin Tafa money line he's you know he's a Samoan he's he's the guy I was talking about he's fat but he uses the fat um, in a way that's like powerful. I think he gets it done. Yeah.
2: Speaking of fat, let's uh, make our wallets fat and uh, transition into our best bet segment. So if we want to go one by one, just list off your best bets this week. Uh, we'll start with Rohan.
3: All right. Time to make our, our wallets fat, like they said. So, so wait. honestly, I kind of screwed up on my best bets uh, for last week. They're still waiting to, to hit Both the games are tomorrow, so we'll wait on that. But for for next week, next week is Champions League. Be on the lookout for a mini episode from Bidet and I, where we're going to be dropping it on our YouTube channel uh, at some point before the 14th, so be on the lookout for that. But for my predictions for the games, uh, these are all on the Champions League games. I got the Real Madrid money line versus Liverpool at plus 205. This is for the game on February 21st. The fact that Real Madrid are underdogs in this game is an absolute sham by Vegas. Definitely take this right now, this is before the lines change. Real Madrid are definitely going to be winning that game. That's, it. That's my lock of the week. Uh, my next game is Dortmund Moneyline versus Chelsea, plus 145. Um, Chelsea are in shambles. Uh, Jude Bellingham is basically just going to take over. Uh, the game, and will lead Dortmund to victory in that game. That That's for the February 14th game. And lastly, Napoli versus Frankfurt, plus 135. Um, I'm taking Napoli money line there. But that's also on February 21st. These This line is ridiculous. Napoli, I think, is arguably one of the most dominant teams in Europe right now. They haven't lost a game in Europe. And you have a guy like Cavra who has like five goals, three assists in his last five UEFA uh, Champions League games. Uh, and Frankfurt is not the most formidable team, so I definitely think Napoli are going to be winning this game. Uh, but yeah, Ralph Madrid moneyline versus Liverpool my lock, you get plus two hundred five. By second is probably Napoli versus Frankfurt, and then obviously Dortmund moneyline versus Chelsea. But yeah, Champions could be a great week.
1: Um, I could go next. Um, so uh, last week, uh, I there's only two of my you know bets have actually like been played, um, but I went one of two. So LeBron over cashed at uh, 31 and a half, which is crazy. Um, and then uh, Florida got routed, but Dama uh, didn't cover an eight and a half point spread. I don't really want to talk about it too much. Um, so let's talk about my picks for this upcoming week. Um, after going 13 out of 20 overall, hoping to improve that. And the start of that is over two first half field goals in the Chiefs-Eagles game. Um, it's sitting at plus 320. Um, it's pretty crazy odds. I think both teams have like pretty good red zone defenses. I think it's going to be hard to punch it in. Could very easily see at least this being um, a, a pushover. Um, second is Kenneth Gainwell. Um, over 19 and a half rushing yards it's at minus 115. Um, I like I like the, the run heavy offense for the Eagles. Um, he kind of screwed me over uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm going to ride with him. Then lastly, I'm going to take Devontae Smith i um, over 62 and a half receiving yards. Um, it's, uh, it's sitting at minus 120. Um, so yeah, those are my three official picks. There are also some other ones I was considering taking that y'all might want to consider taking. Uh, for instance, like the, the big risky one is Kadarius Tony either having a pass completion or a passing touchdown. Um, Andy Reed um, gets his payback on, on the Eagles. Um, you know, Philly special on, on Philadelphia. Uh, KT played, you know, quarterback in high school um, definitely could happen. Uh, I think the sky Moore line is also pretty absurd. It's that like seven and a half receiving yards, and I get you know with KT coming back and and and, um, and Juju being back, it probably hurts his production. But I think he, one he's one reception away from hitting that. Uh, and then lastly, Jody Fortson. If you're looking at that, he could also be an anytime touchdown scorer uh, play that I, w- I would really like to take. He was out the m- majority of the season. Um, uh, fun fact, 29% of his receptions are touchdowns. Um, so if they double up uh, Travis Kelsey at tight end, uh, look Fortson's way, uh, I think Mahomes could definitely go there. But, yeah, that's it for me.
0: All right, I'll fly through mine real quick. Last week, blind picks because I was on a cold streak. Two for three on the blind picks. Both uh, Pac-12 teams won Utah and Colorado basketball. This week, just going to fly through all Super Bowl. Uh, Eagles money line, I'm rooting for the Chiefs, but like I said before, I think the Eagles are going to win. Jalen Hurts under 248.5 pass yards. He had like 184 and a win against San Francisco, and they put up 31 points, so it shows even if they score a lot of points, it's not necessarily through his arm. And um, Patrick Mahomes under 2.5 passing touchdowns. Uh, Even if they do score a lot of points, I feel like a lot of that could be some Pacheco running on the goal line or something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be Mahomes passing. So those are my three. um, Yeah, so I'm looking, I think I'm at 9 of, 9 of 18, I want to say, maybe 8 of 19, something along those lines, uh, all time. So yeah, those are my three. Vinay, take us home.
2: Yeah, so basically last week, one for three. I'm just in a slump right now. Don't really want to get into it. Let's look ahead to this upcoming week. I got Milwaukee Bucks money line against the Clippers just riding with Giannis. You know, it's been a while since I've watched Giannis play, so I'm going to be watching that game with money down. Uh, Real quick, I'm just going to decide my next two bets with the flip of this coin. Heads money line for the Super Bowl and winner of the coin toss to win the Super Bowl for my next two picks. So look out for heads to be the coin toss and look out for the team that calls heads to win the Super Bowl. And with that, I'm I'm more of a
1: tails. I'm more of a tails guy. Tails never fails. Tails
2: never fails. I mean, I just, I I just flipped the coin live. I just flipped the coin live on air, so you know, I had to rock with spontaneity. Coin doesn't lie. Coin does not lie. Also, coin fucking. (laughs) But whatever.
3: All right, with (laughs) that, that concludes episode nine of Hold Down the Fort. Really appreciate you tuning in to this longer episode. Uh, thank you, Jonah, for pulling up with some UFC content.
1: This time it was
3: recorded, so we do appreciate you. Giving us
1: Yeah, that. yeah. And, and we'll be sure to, to have you back on uh, at some point. So uh, leave us some punishments in the comments. I think Sam still has to do. Uh, I do a couple, so uh, Or one or two. maybe Maybe it's two. Whatever. Leave also, some
2: comments. It will also, be two after the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll, oh, see, we'll see about that.
3: Also, we are on Spotify. We're finally on Spotify. We're Ooh. gonna work to get on Apple Music. So definitely check out the link in the in the description if you wanna listen to us on Spotify on your. Commute or wherever you, you, you desire. Uh, yeah, we're going to be uploading uh, on that daily as well. But for more content, like mini episodes, specials, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. And yeah. also make sure to follow all of our social media, our Instagram, our TikTok. Sam has been uploading a bunch of new content on there. And also keep yeah. on the lookout for our exclusive Hold Down the 4 Twitter. Uh, that will be coming to you yeah. sometime within the yeah. next two. So a lot of yeah. exciting things happening. Really do appreciate you for taking the ride with us and with that this has been hold on the fort episode 9 we'll see you Peace next
4: time